there's a guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I want to ask Jenna Suru why one of my favorite films of the festival didn't, didn't pick up any awards from, from the Paris International Film Festival. David. Hi, I'm producer Dave. Um, I'm not going to ask that question because Marcus is going to ask that question. Uh, yes. That one of the, <laughs> one of the, one of the um, films that I did like and I was a bit surprised about did win an award, but another one, there were three and another one didn't, but hey-ho, that's the way it goes. Absolutely. And it just into for those of you who don't know what we're to what we're referring, we have our guest on the show who she's no longer a guest. She's pretty much part of the show. She's 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 she's, she's essentially here anytime we need her to be anytime she wants her to be she's on the show. She's a she's a huge part of the show itself. Uh, please tell us your name and explain to us why one of my favorite films did not pick up any awards at the Paris International Film Festival. Bonjour Marcus, bonjour producer Dave, thanks so much for this brilliant introduction. I'm Jenna Suru, I'm a filmmaker and also the executive director of the Paris International Film Festival. Guys, I have a very straight answer to your question. We've received so many amazing films and TV pilots and scripts for this edition. Um, we've had to make difficult decisions even in the selection process because seriously, those films were just all incredible. And I really want to enhance that 
obviously at the festival, we really care about the experience for our filmmakers, our press, our students, our partners. Also, um, our programming remains the heart of our work and our motivation because we highlight on films which bring change and they are uh, divided into categories, but I was um, explaining to producer Dave uh, last time I was on the show. Thank you so much for having me on so many times. I really appreciate this. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm only messing. I'm only messing at the end because some of the films that actually picked up awards at the uh, Paris Film Festival, Paris International Film Festival, were amazing films. Uh, and in fact, that's one of the reasons why you're here today. Um, if those people who have been listening, who have just caught up, um, we we have been championing uh, the Paris International Film, film Festival for a while now. It had its run from the fourth to the fourteenth of February, uh, and it showed some terrific films over the last few days we've been or a few weeks we've been um highlighting and interviewing some of the producers or some of the filmmakers from the show um and jenna is here to tell us some of the people who won for those people who haven't been following up so jenna tell us give us a, a quick rundown of some of the films that that uh, placed that were there that had great you know impact on various categories that you can tell us about Thank you for these incredible interviews with our filmmakers, by the way. I, I resumed listening to them today and they were all phenomenal. Like you did such an amazing job interviewing so many of them and they had such a great time. So thank you so much for this exposure for our filmmakers. We really all appreciate it. Um, among our winners, I, I want to maybe mention a few. Um, one of the big winners of the festival is this absolutely incredible film and government film uh, that is called Hub, in English, international, it's Cream, directed by Nora Lacoche that you had on the show. I listened to you and to you guys the latest episode. Um, also written her and Fuskina Fekete and starring Vika Kresh. And it's just a phenomenal feature film tackling romance, tackling love, self-love, it's so beautifully put. It won five awards, including the Special Jury Award, also Best Director, Best Writer, Best Casting Director, and Best Production Design for Juicy Sordid. Uh, we actually have a little surprise coming up, because <laughs> as we always say, we don't authorize anyone to say the festival is finished. We just say, as the excitement keeps building, because <laughs> we have so much more happening. Which is good. And you, you mentioned Cream. I mean, I'll be honest. Yes, absolutely. Cream is one of my favorites of the of the list. It's there. When we did the interview, I, I and she was and the director was explaining what the story was. And I saw some of the uh, highlight material. I immediately what sprung out of me was Audrey Tattoo's uh, Amelie. That was one thing in particular that stuck with me. And it's kind of in that is it's it's the spirit animal to Amelie, and it was and it has exactly the same sort of romantic, uh, light-hearted tone, color, and 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 emotion that I I really enjoyed. So the fact that it swept up, I'm not too mad at that. Um, what I want to say is, why didn't High Score or Marcus make a, a, an, an indentation in any of it? Because <laughs> they're High wonderful Score films. Was, oh, was one of my favorite short films. It, having gone on, on and, and watched them, I watched High Score. Uh, it was um, Ethan Itzkow and Serena, Serena uh, Ryan. Um, that short for me, I really enjoyed that a lot. And then J.R. Pauly's. 
uh, Marcus as well, which was uh, starring Owen Miller. I mean, those two films in particular, I was like, you know what? These films are going to clean up. They're going to clean house. I could have put money down, but they didn't. Um, Producer Dave, what about you? Let's, <laughs> let's jump to you. What, what, other, what, films were you what, what films were you rooting for that didn't really make an appearance in, in that, the list of winners? Well, in actual fact, um, I, I watched quite a lot of the short films and I was very pleased when I saw Anna had won an award. I thought it was, I, I actually loved Anna. I thought it was a really good, really good short. I also loved Adnan as well. I just thought that was an amazing little film, uh, amazing little boy who had not done any work in acting before. And he was brilliant in that. And um what else? Um, oh, high score, yeah. I mean, I, I focus quite a lot on the shorts and yeah, um, high score. I like the shorts because they pack a lot into a short period of time. So yeah, those were the three that I was looking out for. And uh, yeah, well, Anna won, but Adnan and um, and uh, high score, I, I, I think they would have only missed by a smidge. Sure. And that, that's the thing. And that's the thing with festivals. And Jenna, you can you can comment more on this um, when you have because obviously a, a lot of films and a lot of projects get pulled in together. They get selected to, for the festival because of how because of their high quality and they have to go head to head. So obviously you have to pick one for the particular category. And if that one, you know, if your pick doesn't go for it, then obviously it's because another one picked to it. So uh, which other ones can, do, do you want to sort of name, uh, you want to give a shout out to that, that may have missed the, uh, the mark of winning the award that you think people should definitely follow and pay attention to? Sorry, before you do, um, let's just congratulate the Shakespeare sisters because they won an award as well. Um, oh, of course. I was, keep, I was keeping that for later. Yes. It's important to mention them. The, the Shakespeare sisters are amazing filmmakers and we really champion them as all of the filmmakers. So it's important to mention them. Actually, I think in the award winners there are some incredible filmmakers, but so comes with the selection. Again, uh, we've made some difficult choices and just, I think it's important to mention that being part of the selection is already absolutely wonderful being part of this experience. And Adnan, oh my God, it's such a great short. Um, um, I think producer Dave also mentioned, so obviously Anna, which picked the best international director, best international short film, and also best cinematography awards. So three very well-deserved awards. Um, in the story, stories for change category, because the shorts are divided into four categories, stories for change, in particular, and this is the category where Adnan was in high score, and also Ruby Red, which picked the award in this category. Ruby Red is a short film directed by Philip Odidor, starring Basil Enzenberg and Amelia Bennett. It's filmed on 16 millimeter. It's a very important message about um, basically, I don't want to spoil the story too much, but um, as we champion gender equality, it's really important to also mention that obviously we champion female filmmakers, but we also champion any filmmaker and any type of, let's say, sexuality or gender or origins. And we want to mention how important it is to be very tolerant 
So this film is such an incredible quality. We actually interviewed Philip ourselves. It's an interviewer who's part of the festival team to explain his inspirations and the work on lights and acting and directing. This short is absolutely phenomenal and it's a very important message for tolerance which we want to champion and we really hope this short will make big waves. For high score, we've had such an educative Q&A with Serena, Efan, and also their cinematographer. It's been so educative to discuss the great replacement conspiracy, which exists not only in the US, uh, but also over conspiracies and very important uh, messages of tolerance. It's also a very important message of tolerance. It's something that we really champion at the festival. And we really, um, really cherish those moments of interactive filmmakers where obviously we had about 40 Q and A's in sitting in our virtual Eiffel Tower for those who want to sit back and listen. But we also had some round table Q and A's where attendants and fellow filmmakers could actually meet with the filmmakers and stars of the films and discuss these very important messages. So thanks so much for putting that out. I was also no, very pleased to see that uh, Surviving the Silence won an award as well, because that's, a, for me, a very important film as well. Absolutely. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And we have with us uh, filmmaker and the uh, film director of the, or the director of the film festival, Paris International, uh, the Paris International Film Festival, which concluded, or rather it, uh, it stopped its, I don't know how to phrase it. I want to say it had a run from the 4th to the 14th of February this year, uh, exhibiting <laughs> amazing films. Um, uh, so there are, I know there are other categories that, that uh, the winners have been announced. Uh, um, Jenna, where can people find the list, the full list of the winners in the festival, as well as some details of the contenders in the festival? You can find all the information on our website, parisintelfest.com and social media, Paris Intelfest. You also can keep up, coach up on the ceremony for the awards and a lot more of the panels. There, there's a lot more content coming up in the coming days, literally, and a lot more surprises on our YouTube channel. And yes, one feature I really want to highlight on is also our award winner for best international feature film best international actor and best international collaboration, which is Invisible Love, directed by director Guo Zong. It's an American, Chinese, Vietnamese co-production set in 30s French Indochine. And I want to also highlight on the fact that at the festival, we have no gender specified awards. So best international actor, was awarded to Han Fang, and she's a phenomenal actor, Vietnamese, who really embodies this character, which is very important in terms of how we go through her journey in terms of mental health and freedom and love. And we are really, really excited to champion all the filmmakers from our selection. Winners are not winners, because they were all winners in our heart. They, they've done an incredible job, and they deserve every recognition. Sorry, Jenna, where would people be able to um, see these films? Is, is there any links on the uh, Paris International website so that people who weren't able to catch the, um, the main Paris International Film Festival will be able to actually catch up and see, see them at some point? 
So for those who would like still to see the film, get in touch with the filmmakers directly. All the links are on our website. So if you scroll down a little bit on the website, you'll see all the award winners, all the information, and all the press reviews on all the films. And you can get in touch directly with either the filmmakers or our press coordinator, John Higgins, from Film and TV Now, through these press reviews. So the interactivity is still building up. We'll be also having more panels, more virtual events to really privilege accessibility and you can get in touch with the filmmakers or anyone from the team anytime. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned um, Invisible Love. Uh, we, we've been, because with, with our interviews with a number of the different filmmakers, we really enjoyed talking to a lot of them. We enjoyed a lot of their work and we're definitely going to be having them coming back on to the show. One of the filmmakers, one of the, um, the, the people that we had an interview from Invisible Love, uh, Kazi Tauginas, Tauginas. Um, he's definitely going to be coming back on the show at some point. I think we're, uh, we're going to be having a conversation either next week or in a couple of weeks. Uh, same with Serena Ryan uh, from High Score. Uh, um, the one as well, there's the uh, Christopher Shaw film, uh, Tyrant of Tomorrow. Uh, uh, oh, Tyrant yes, they're all incredible. That was an amazing, that was an amazing film. That film immediately, I, I watched it within three minutes. I, I was texting producer Dave saying, I'm in, I'm locked in. It's my kind of movie. And I was there. It was just, it, it, it was an amazing feat for what he did. Um, and it, it, that's one thing that I really enjoyed about the films that were at the festival. You see a lot, a wide range of amazing talent that people don't know about yet but you can easily tell that in about 10 years, some of those people are going to be household names. I'm saying it here. So um, hoping we can be on the ground floor to talking to some of those people. Um, and yeah, so we'll also be, yeah, we'll do special episode where we can actually do interviews. We'll repeat interviews with some of the films from the act that actually won. So uh, producer Dave is obviously he's hot on it. He's the, he's, he's the producer. He's the, the brainchild coming up with different ideas as to what to do. So we, we, we will do coming up soon, maybe in the next couple of weeks, uh, an episode that is just with the interviews from the films that won particular categories in uh, at the festival. I, I'm, I'm wondering, and maybe Jenna, maybe we can ask you this. Do you feel that maybe we might want to interview uh, one of the winners that um, in the category of uh, feature script writing for screenplay? Do you think that we should... <laughs> for, for, yeah, who, for won, those, Jenna, I mean, who, who won? Who won? I'm just, who won one of those? I, I'm let's, let, let's, let's ask, Jen, let's ask Jenna... I, I'm, just, I'm just asking. Let's ask yes, Jenna, Jenna, Jenna... What do you think? I agree because we have, I was actually going to mention the script competition, so thanks a lot, Marcus, because we do have some amazing winners in the script competition, including Marcus himself with Pullout Couch. And on that point, it actually enables me to say something is that at the festival, the programming is the heart of our work. So your script, Marcus, is absolutely incredible. You know, we would never select a script or a film for courtesy, or it's something that we are extremely precise about. And it's a phenomenal, I don't want to give it away too much, but it's a phenomenal script with a very important message about abuse. I think I can say that without giving out too much. And it's really important. In the script competition, again, all the scripts, we selected 12 scripts. They were all incredible. We had, it was one of the highlights also of the festival to actually listen to the pitches and meet a network on the first Saturday, the first weekend. And it's also in the script competition, Sion Isobel, 
won the short film award for her script Irreverence. And on her selection only, not win, selection, she secured the producer. And I know she has big plans for it in the coming days to make it um, go forward. And we absolutely champion her. We really hope also this award for her script, which has a very important message. We really hope that it will help her make this film as soon as possible. It's a phenomenal film and great filmmaker. That's fantastic to hear. It's good to see. Again, this is one of the reasons why we jumped on board to support the Paris International Film Festival because we know what you're doing is is amazing to to support and promote aspiring filmmakers, filmmakers who are not necessarily aspiring filmmakers, people who are actually going out there making those films but are not getting those breaks, especially over the last couple of years where COVID and pandemic and lockdown has made it even more difficult for filmmakers to, to shut down. The pull-out couch script, which thank you very much. And I, I, to be honest, I had no, I, I had no idea that it was going to to get even selected. It got selected. I was like, ah, that's great. You know, nice little string to my bow that it was officially selected. I went to the pitch. I listened to some of the pitches there. I was like, there's no way pull-out couch is going to get there because there were some other ones that were in there. Dom Lenoir as well, uh, director and producer, uh, he had a pitch as well. And I was like, okay, I went after him. I was like, okay, that's, uh, it's nice to be here. Thank you very much. Uh, and oh, I did my James. pitch and I was like, okay, went into another room and I was like, yeah, that's the last I'll be hearing of it. And then I saw the list and I saw nice little pullout couch as one of the category winners. I was like, yes, absolutely. So thank you very much for that. Um, I'm deeply humbled by it. Very and, well uh, deserved. Hopefully we'll get the opportunity to make that film in 2022, not 2021, because uh, let's let 2021 settle first. And let, let's, let's all get that vaccine. Let's all wash our hands and get rid of the, the bear bug, as they call it. And then we can begin. Uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And we've, we've had with us a friend of the show, uh, talented filmmaker, festival director of the Paris International Film Festival, Jenna Suru, telling us about the winners uh, in, the, in the festival that's just finished. Uh, Jenna, thank you very much for taking some time to come and sit down with us and talk to us. Like you know, you're welcome anytime you want to come and have a conversation with us, even if it's just to talk about what you watched over the weekend. Feel free to come back and chat to us. Merci for having me. Excellent. Now, coming up, we have a short, a very short interview from one of the festival winners. It was uh, Fadi Awad, who is the winner of the uh, of the uh, music video award. Uh, we're going to be playing his interview right after this. <laughs> You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm joined by uh, one of the winners uh, of the awards at the Paris International Film Festival. Uh, this, uh, this gentleman won uh, the uh, music video. He won uh, Best Music Video at the Paris International Film Festival. He is a multi-award winning artist, Euro Indie, World Indie artist. Please tell us your name and the name of this, the music video that you won your award for. Hi, Marcus, and thank you so much for hosting me today in your radio show. Uh, well, I'm Fadi Awad, and uh, my music video, Raise My Dust Extended Live Mix, 
has won the Best Music Video Award in Paris International Film Festival. Excellent. Thank you very much, uh, Fadi, for taking the time to join us. I know you're extremely busy. Um, I just want to ask you, first of all, uh, tell us about your music video and tell us what sort of what inspired you to, to what inspired this music video. I would first like to thank the organizers and judges of Paris International Film Festival and its director, Jenna Suru, for the wonderful organizing and for the appreciation, as well as I like to thank all my supporters for their continuous appreciated support. Concerning the music video, it's a kind of a message of peace and love and positiveness, as you can conclude from its nature scenes that are mixed in some places with the orchestra that played the track live. It's a kind of an upgrade to the ultimate peaceful calm, beauty, and all what's good and positive in a time when it's absolutely needed. What inspired me uh, is that honestly, I'm a one love music artist who likes to spread peace, love and positiveness worldwide. Uh, and uh, what, what exactly inspired me is the need to make the world that we live in a better place. Hoping that this happens someday as a winning situation for everyone. That's a fantastic message, especially as, um... 2020, we got past 2020, we're now in 2021, and the world is experiencing such hardship. When I say hardship, uh, it's unprecedented uh, situation with the pandemic and with, with many other issues that have come to mind. It's great to be able to see, as you said, some positivity that comes out from music because everyone, you know, music is worldwide. It touches everyone in various ways. Uh, what's next for you? after this particular project? Well, uh, production-wise, my team and I are taking a kind of break right now. But we have on paper some new music projects to be done on time. Excellent. And just uh, just as uh, for those people who may not have heard of your music before, sort of what style of music is it that you do? I've been in the industry from the late 80s until today, and I was influenced by all the genres that popped up and down during all this time. So since I'm an old school student, I learned to love the beautiful from everything. This is why I compose many music genres, and I try to do my best to have wonderful singers inside them and beautiful melodies and harmonies and symphonies too. That's absolutely fantastic. And, all, and I know you do, as, uh, as you say, you do music videos. Do you do any compositions for film and TV work? Well, uh, yes, yes, uh, of course. And I'm open to do many new projects for everyone who's interested. Fadi Awad, thank you very much for joining us on Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. And I'm David Campbell. And that was an interview with Fadi Awad, the winner of uh, the Music Video Award at the Paris International Film Festival. Uh, now we'll move on to uh, a repeat of interviews that we did with two of the biggest winners of the Paris International Film Festival, the filmmaker Nora Lacos from, uh, from Cream and uh, the uh, filmmaker behind Pioneers in Skirts in our 
spotlight section. So cue spotlight. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I have another filmmaker whose uh, uh, program is in is part of the Paris International Film Festival this year. Please tell us your name and the name of your program. Hello, everyone. Uh, the film uh, that I directed titled Scream, and um, yeah, it's going to take place, and you can watch it at... Uh, Paris International Film Festival, the beginning of February. <laughs> Fantastic. Nora, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, tell us, what is Cream about? Uh, Cream is a contemporary love story, actually, in a kind of fairy tale quote. It's about the challenges of love relationships today. And the story is about a pastry shop girl who is uh, mad about romantic films. And the story begins with the fact that her uh, boyfriend uh, breaks up with her and even marries another woman, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's not easy for her. And uh, to sweeten her heartbreak, she decides to open a pastry shop where all the pastry is named after famous love couples from film history. But soon she runs out of money and has to close her pastry shop as well. So there is only one chance to keep her startup and also maybe get back her ex-boyfriend. And it is a so-called love laboratory where family businesses can get financial support. So from that point on, um, she starts lying like hell. <laughs> and um, actually, I don't want to tell more about this story. I don't want to spoiler it. So just you should just go and watch the film. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, as you were talking, I was getting uh, like bits and bit uh, like feelings from different types of films like Chocolat and uh, Amelie. Uh, is that, would I be right in assuming that that's the same sort of uh, romantic, uh, a, a, you know, the lighthearted romantic uh, comedy that your film is, is, is it that type? Or is it I mean, deep, uh, you know, soul exploration uh, <laughs> drama that you that I have completely gotten the, the wrong, wrong <laughs> of the stick no, no, on? No. no, you're absolutely right. And actually we, uh, most of the time, uh, get the same feedback, even from those who have already seen the film. So uh, Chocolat and Amelia is always come up. And I'm really happy uh, with it because uh, these are fantastic films. And yeah, maybe uh, our film is a bit more uh, modern in a way. So it takes place nowadays and it's really about um, city people who has uh, challenges and uh, has to cope with uh, everyday love relationship problems. Like, um, you know, that we are surrounded uh, with uh, romantic films and love songs that suggest some kind of picture that is quite a fake picture about how should a love relationship looks like and how we should behave in it. And then uh, all of a sudden, if you really chase only for that kind of uh, love, then uh, it's a straight way to hell. So you will never get happy at the end. And uh, that's what uh, the main message may be to somehow accept um, the imperfect, imperfect uh, relationships and our faults and our partner faults and even try to love these faults. And that could help um, to 
um, create a long-lasting uh, good relationship at the end. And it sounds like a like a film buff's dream because as you're talking about the fact that she opens up the pastry shop, a lot of the pastries are named after famous couples. Uh, yeah. So it's famous, um, not famous. Did I get that right? Famous film couples, as opposed to yes, yes. So characters in film, as opposed to, for example, uh, Richard Burton and uh, Elizabeth. Uh, oh, what's her last name? Um, Cleopatra. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you, so, so you're not talking about the actual, no, not the actual actors, but the characters. Yeah, the characters, it's like, um, yeah, like um, from Annie Hall, uh, Woody Allen, and uh, oh, exactly. and, and uh, Robert Redford, and Barbara Streisand, uh, and uh, that kind of uh, epic love stories that end uh, in a bad way at the end. <laughs> So they, so they all tra end tragically. So in the yeah, sense, yeah, these are the tragic uh, film history <laughs> couples. So, so it's there's a danger there that there are going to be serious spoilers when you're watching the film if you hear about a particular, you hear one of the pastries being sold and you hear the name <laughs> and you recognize which film it's from and you haven't seen that film, you would think, yeah. well, that's basically ruined that relationship for me. Uh, and you don't have something like when Harry met, you know, Harry met Sa yeah. Harry and Sally. Yeah, but these are films that probably everybody has seen at least once, so. <laughs> fair, enough, fair enough, that makes perfect sense. What inspired you to do this film? The original story came from Fruzina Fekete, who is also a Hungarian uh, scriptwriter. It was inspired her, uh, story in real life which was almost the same as our protagonist uh, story at the beginning that her ex-boyfriend left or boyfriend left her and and married to another woman so this is how the story starts but actually i think that everybody can relate it as i can relate as i could because you know uh, all the time or at least once in your life it happens that you get into a relationship that really doesn't help you, but for some reason you're still in it and you still explain yourself why you should continue it. And, and then uh, you just have to learn how to let go things that doesn't really make you happy. And, uh, and actually this is uh, the path of uh, our protagonist as well. So this is the main problem of her, but also uh, that we have also already talked about uh, the, that kind of fake a picture about love so these uh, the combination of these two is something that probably sounds similar to many <laughs> and uh, uh, and and that that was the main inspiration but also um uh because i mentioned that uh, our protagonists get into this love laboratory and uh, i found the book while we were uh, writing the script and it uh, it was uh, written by john m gottman who is a psychologist uh, in the states and uh, runs an actual love laboratory where a couple can go there and uh, after five minutes uh, he tells if they would stay together for long term or they will split uh, soon <laughs> and and it's it's you know uh, I was wondering if I would go there with my partner or not <laughs> but yeah uh, but I, how how yeah. effect how effective is how effective are the results from that uh, from that business yeah yeah I think that uh, actually <laughs> but they do it's it's of course more complicated than <laughs> than this and they do um, um, therapies for couples and uh, but they also do examine couples and I think that's really interesting to go through these tests and uh, they just see that okay if you put you are put in a, a so now you fight 
for any reason and then okay how do you deal with it and then ah okay so it means that uh, you cannot solve this or that and is it possible that you can make it a, a better relationship at the end or you could uh, improve your communication or or it's just a waste of time <laughs> well you see the, the problem i see with that is you have you have it is the same thing as sort of like predicting the future right so i can i can imagine a couple would come in and depending on what the analysis says it could be whatever and all this the therapist has to say is no we'll take your money but from what we see you two won't last six months it's fine and then the the fact that that couple now leave that room with the impression that somebody else a third party has said that they won't see they won't last three months or six months and what that eventually does is it plants that seed which then grows and both of them say you know what it's already been told to us by professionals that we won't last we might as well just pack it up and then they split which reinforces what that lab have already said and the reverse is the case where if they say no you two actually will stay together if you then again you're planting that seed in the in the couple who when they leave they think well we thought we would want to leave and separate because we think that's best for us however the experts have said that there's something there so we might as well try and work and so that's it's the same I thing think as that a you're absolutely career. right and the result can uh, determine the future of the uh, couple but, for sure but actually uh, 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 they uh, they are not told in the after the five minutes that okay what's going to happen with you it's only like uh, for example sometimes they don't say anything to the uh, to the couples and then just uh, have these notes for themselves um, uh, and then they go after these couples like every year and uh, see how they uh, their relationship unfold and uh, uh, and they say that uh, like 99% they are right <laughs> but actually it was only the beginning you know it, it was an inspirational thing that but it's really interesting because we also had the same toast that now you did and it raises so many other questions as well so I, I we just told that it it it's a really interesting place to put different couples, uh, newly married couples, couple that are together for 10 years and those so, uh, who on the age of divorcing, but want to make a business and lying about themselves and, and all these different couples and just clash them and just to see how they work uh, in the, under, um, under pressure, actually. <laughs> no, that, that makes total sense. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm here with Nora Lakosh, who is with her film Cream, which is at Paris International Film Festival. Uh, tell us, how did you get to find out about Paris International Film Festival? Actually, through Film Privé, <laughs> uh, the platform where you can enter films. And uh, yeah, I found it and I found that, oh, it's fantastic, looks fantastic. So I entered and then I was really happy to uh, get a um, mail that uh, we got in. And, and not only in the competition, but we are the Valentine special. <laughs> so, uh, of and course, right? That, you, you have the film about love. It has to be yeah. on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Absolutely fits to the topic. So I'm really happy for that. <laughs> ah, absolutely. Um, so uh, is the, is uh, Paris International Film Festival the first uh, showing of this film or is it just along the film festival path? No, actually, it's uh, it's going to be the second uh, international film festival for Cream. We just uh, started uh, the festival circuit and uh, our film was released in the Hungarian cinemas at uh, September uh, 2020. 
And yeah, we had one festival and that was the first festival, uh, Firenze International Film Festival for Women, which is the Cinema e Donna <laughs> International Film Festival. And we won the main prize there, so award there as the Ooh, best feature. So <laughs> that was the first festival and the first award and we hope for even more. <laughs> Absolutely. And we wish you all the best at Paris International Film Festival. It sounds like a, a terrifically uh, uplifting film. And I, I, you know, I wish I get a chance to, to watch it. We wish you all the best at the festival. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Nora, uh, thank you very much for joining us. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and we've got another filmmaker who has their film in the Paris International Film Festival. Please tell us your name and the name of your film. I'm Ashley Maria, and I'm the director of Pioneers in Skirts. Ashley, thank you very much for joining us. I want to ask you, what is your film Pioneers in Skirts all about? It is a feature documentary that follows my own journey to understand uh, what women are confronted with in their careers and then to actually offer solutions that we all can really start to implement now. Uh, so uh, with regards, if I understand correctly, are you focusing mainly in film or are you talking in other industries as well? We're talking across all industries because the issues are pervasive across all industries. <laughs> no one's perfect. Yeah, I guess. Um, uh, some of the, a lot of the uh, guests that we've had on, a lot of times films come onto our show and we talk a lot about uh, both diversity and representation in various aspects. In the last few shows of the last few episodes we've done has actually moved not just from uh, racial representation to uh, gender representation, but now it seems more about health and and an illness. But let's mm -hmm. move back into gender representation in, and let's talk. Let's have a look at film first, and then we can move out into the wider area. In your uh, from your own perspective, what are the major issues facing uh, the film industry, film and television industry, when it comes to gender representation? Well. It's, it's mainly that um, they look at the pipeline and they, they feel that uh, not enough women are eligible, good enough, um, interested in running the show, basically. So um, there's this kind of preconceived notion of what a director looks like, what a producer looks like, what a writer looks like. Basically, all of you are above the line. There's all these um, decision makers that have decided what a successful project will look like and who will run it. And so really what's happening in the film industry is we're working to change that. And it's being done through actually mandatory processes. So a lot of these fellowships, these uh, shadowing projects, um, grants, all of this is out there to try to push women, minority filmmakers uh, ahead. Uh, but until we change the actual decision makers who are financing these films, financing the movies that you see on TV, because to be frank, we are completely uh, convinced of certain stereotypes. We are trained about what, what roles are, are for gender, which gender, based on the media that we watch. So until we can get these decision makers to realize that uh, we need to have a more diverse 
really representation of what's going on um, every day. I mean, women aren't just this particular role. Women, you know, men are not just this particular role. So um, what's happening is, is we're just trying to put the word out there, um, make people more aware of it. Um, but I also say, you know, we're making some of these fellowships mandatory, but that can't be the only way that a woman like me gets in the door. Like you can't go, oh, which fellowships did you do? None? Okay, because 5,000 women applied for three roles. Let's be real. So there's, um, there's just a lot of uh, back and forth on what the best process is. And the truth is you just have to get these people who are actually funding the projects, hiring the, the, the filmmakers to realize you have to look outside the box and maybe as somebody who doesn't look like you. Now that makes perfect sense. And you're right with regards to the argument about uh, um, where certain a selection of people aren't really, they don't feel represented in a particular industry and the feedback they get from that, from that, um, from that complaint about underrepresentation is, well, there aren't enough experienced people. Well, it is, it's not a simple snapshot in time and that explains everything. It's, it, there's an entire process that comes before it. In order for people of that particular selection to get experience, it needs to have started from way back where they would have been given those opportunities to have that experience to then carry on. So you saying, well, I'm not giving people within that group experience, uh, um, work because they don't have the experience. Well, that's just you perpetuating the old standards. In order to get it work, uh, to get it fixed, you need to start giving those people that experience so that when it comes 10, 15 years down the line, that excuse of, well, there are no experienced people in that group, that excuse no longer exists. So I completely exactly. understand where you're coming from. Let's and that's what we, well, I was going to say, that's exactly what we talk about in the film. So Marcus, you need to start championing that. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. There you go. I've, I've got my pen. That's all right. Um, so let's, let's focus on Pioneers in Skirt. So tell us what, uh, how is your, how does your movie, uh, what did you, how did your movie come about? It started actually with a conversation with my mom, who's the producer of the film now. Um, she wasn't a filmmaker when we started out. Now she's a filmmaker, but um, it started out with a conversation with her where I just kept saying how um, I would like walk on set and people would assume everything about me besides me being the director. Like um, I would come in not as the person in charge. I would have to constantly prove myself. And like, we're not even talking about the harassment that I experienced, you know what I mean? Um, it's just, I was constantly um, not being taken seriously, being judged, not given opportunities in comparison to my male counterparts. But a lot of the narrative is that just means you have to work harder. That just means you have to network more. That just means you have to learn more and do more things. And um, as I sat down and I was talking to my mom, granted, this isn't the first time we had the conversation, but this is the one where she finally got frustrated and said, Ashley, it really sounds like you're dealing with a lot of the same stuff I dealt with. It just may not be as obvious. So we kind of looked into it and said, wow, you know, the world has not changed nearly as fast as I was led to believe growing up, believing that I can be anything I wanted to be, right? If you dream it, you can be it, which is great until you reach the workforce who doesn't see you in that role and will never see you in that role until we actually bring awareness to it and change it. So... We didn't know the solutions. We knew there was a problem. We did the research and Pioneers and Skirts really just started with me and my camera, 
mom would come and run sound if I couldn't do it. You know, it was just me and her running out there, um, interviewing people, meeting different um, characters. Like we followed some characters on a robotics team, some young girls, because we, you know, like you said, it's like, you have to look at the pipeline and the only industry that's really looking at the pipeline um, as far as our research was concerned was the STEM fields science, technology, engineering, and math. And that's really what got us out of the film industry. We said, we got to find solutions. Where are people doing it right? And so we found these young girls on a middle school's all girls team, because that is an age where uh, you have to start nipping it in the bud right away. That's where uh, bias is starting to ingrain themselves. I mean, so much of the narrative as well is women need to fix themselves. They just need to believe in themselves. They need to work harder. And luckily for me, I had this film, this journey to realize, you know, what you're really saying is women need to fix themselves when you say things like that. And so with our research, we went and we discovered, actually, there's so much going on in our culture that's chipping away at a woman every single day. Sometimes she doesn't even realize it, you know, and she wakes up 10 years into her career and goes, what the heck just happened? and uh, you burn out. And so, yeah, I mean, Pioneers and Skirts started out as my story and then it just got so much bigger. And then uh, we followed even more characters, including a, another young woman who found out she was pregnant, but also up for a raise and was afraid to tell her boss that she was pregnant. Yeah, that's so that, quite common, yes. Yeah, so that's where I went, oh crap. <laughs> no, I didn't even consider that, right? Because I was so focused on my own career. Um, and I think, I think making Pioneers and Skirts, it really allowed me to understand what a lot of women are going through across the spectrum. But then um, it opens you up to the other biases that are out there. Um, the, you know, the racial bias, the disability bias, religious, I mean, there's so much out there that um, once you're aware to one thing, then you're aware to all of it. And so it was quite difficult to become a 60 minute documentary, but uh, we worked very hard over many years to make it this way. And we think it's actually, it's successful in getting people to really gain empathy into what the person next to them is going through. That's fa it's fantastic feat that you're putting out there. Cause again, it's, it's one of those things where uh, with my, analysis earlier you can literally apply that to every group that feels underrepresented uh, and the fact that you're stepping out to to present this is fantastic i want to ask about pioneers and skirts as you've mentioned it's you weren't just focusing on the film industry you looked across other industries can you give us a couple of examples of pioneers in skirts in other industries who've actually who maybe make a, a, an appearance in your film or if they didn't make an appearance you would have wanted them to make an appearance mm -hmm. and you'd like to give them a shout out so the, the important thing is, is the people we interviewed were people who were trying to find solutions. So we say a pioneer is anyone who is taking charge of their career, combating the biases that they're experiencing, overcoming them, maybe working with others, maybe helping others. It's really, everyone's a pioneer. And we, we went on this journey. I mean, we met Girl Scouts. And they, they showed me a thing or two once you watch the first uh, opening scene of the movie. And then you go, okay, they're a pioneer. <laughs> they're pretty cool. 
Um, some notable people, uh, Lucy Sanders, who is the uh, founder of NCWIT, National Center for Women and in Information Technology. She's the one that really helped me to see that when you tell a woman um, if she just believes in herself more, if she's just more confident, she's like, that's like saying you need to fix yourself. And it's not up to the minority in the situation to change the situation. She's like, it's up to the system to change. So they have to want to change. And so she was telling us how to actually do it. I mean, um, she even trained and, and, and uh, educated Brad Feld, who's a venture capitalist. Men can be pioneers. And, and she, she showed him that when he's in a meeting and, and he hears uh, a woman talking yet all the men are overpowering her, he needs to use his clout his, his status to go and say, listen, so-and-so was saying something. I want to go back to what she was saying. Even that just simple act makes him a pioneer in actually changing the tide of that room, just that environment. Um, uh, we talked to Sarah Bird, who's the CEO of Moz, a company in Seattle, and, and she became a mom. And that's when she realized there needed to be a better system in her company. So she changed it for working families. Again, women are not the only ones who have children. They definitely deal with a lot more than the male counterpart, but you know, men have kids too. So um, I honestly, every single person in the film, we have it on our website who's in there, um, including Joan Darling, who was my mentor growing up. She was one of the first female directors to ever get paid to direct. And guess what? Her mentor was Norman Lear. And so we got him in the film too. The three of us sat down and talked about uh, really what was going on, what made him see that something needed to shift because he's always been known for being very conscious of um, the bias that's out there, our culture, what's wrong with our culture and probably making fun of it. Um, and so it was fun to talk to him and him even realizing that we haven't gone very far <laughs> in his 90 years at the time. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I I'd say, Anyone who's really actively trying to change something and, and help others is a pioneer. And that's, that's the pioneer in scopes. That's absolutely fantastic. I mean, just hearing how you pretty much move from one bit and you're building up and building up and getting more experience from that. Uh, it's a documentary I, I, I look forward to seeing. Uh, for those who are listening and want to find out more about yourself as a filmmaker, as well as Pioneers and Skirts, how can people reach out to you, find out your social media tags, etc.? Sure. Pioneers and Skirts is all over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And then uh, we have a website, pioneersandskirts.com. Uh, Leanne and myself, mother-daughter team, we're on social media as well. And I think um, people will have a lot of fun seeing what it's like for a mother-daughter to work together. And it's, it's good. It's good. It's working out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we have YouTube. Um, uh, we're building up our YouTube channel. But the most important thing is Pioneers and Skirts right now is available to screen. So uh, we're encouraging people to bring the film to their community, their company, and start having this dialogue. We speak a lot about these issues. Um, again, we want, we want it to be a comfortable, supportive environment so that, you know, if somebody is, is new to this conversation, they don't feel like they're being attacked. That's really important too. Uh, so yeah, we've built this kind of world around pioneers where we want to educate you and we want to encourage you to see what the other person's going through next to you and actually do something. 
That is fantastic. Ashley, thank you very much for joining us to talk to us about Pioneers in Skirts. Uh, we wish you all the best with this project in the festival, as well as having life uh, outside of it as well. And we welcome you to come back and show. And that was our interview with Ashley Maria from Pioneers in Skirts. And just before that, and Nora Lacos, the director of Cream. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. We, it's been, it's been a fan, another fantastic journey, speaking with filmmakers, talking to Jenna Suru from the Paris International Film Festival. And uh, just, I, I can't, I, honestly, I can't wait to just dive back into some of those films uh, from, from the festival. We'll be talking to more and more of those filmmakers over the next few weeks. I have been Marcus E. Ako. I'm still David Campbell. Then thank you all very much for listening. And see you all next time. I'll speak to you next Excellent. time. Speak to you next time. Yes. And stay safe. Wash hands. Stay, wear masks. Keep distancing and so on and so forth. Stay safe. Bye.